Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob. Welcome to this episode. It's the part four of our special on confidence, and this is all about linking confidence with visualization. This won't be a particularly deep dive into visualization. I will do that in an upcoming podcast. I just wanted to give you a taste of how the two things are related. Let's get straight into it with a little bit of an exercise. If we're trying to build our confidence, I want you to go to a time where you think you aren't confident. So that could be an an action you're doing, um, or it might be with a particular person or it might be you know, somewhere at work, or in your running, or at home. But just think of a skill, or think of a situation that you would say, I'm not confident doing that. And all I want you to do, I just want to check in with you, is there any imagery attached to that statement? I don't feel confident when I. For example, if you don't feel comfortable when you run on the trails, and maybe different, lots of different reasons that you have that statement. But I'm wondering if you have an image of yourself either uh, running along the trail and running really carefully and gingerly because you're scared of, you know, rolling your ankle or you're scared of, you know, stepping on a snake or you're scared of getting lost or something. And I'm wondering if you have a mental picture or an image that represents that lack of confidence. Maybe go to somewhere else where you would feel not confident could be a situation at work or with somebody that you know is in your life that you don't feel confident talking to or being in their presence and i wonder when you go to that statement again oh i just i'm just not a confident person in that situation i'm wondering if there's any imagery attached to that as well for example that skill at work that you're you know you still say you're not confident in is it because you imagine yourself performing the skill incorrectly or getting it wrong or or stuffing up or whatever it is you say. And then I'm wondering if that's also an image from the past, like a memory of where you didn't get it right or you didn't perform it the way you wanted to and you're hanging on to that mental image and putting it forward into your future saying, I couldn't do it that time and that means I'm never going to be able to do it. But all we're looking for is, is there imagery attached to that statement or that belief that I'm not confident or I'm not confident in this situation. And the reason I'm starting there is because the way that we imagine things in our minds have has a direct correlation with our belief system and what we say to ourselves. Let's go into a little bit of um, theory around visualization. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. Like I said, we'll do a, a deep dive in it another time. But basically... Um, Visualization has been studied since the 1800s. It was huge, a huge part of Albert Einstein's life. He went to a school that, that taught um, more about pictures than about words. So Einstein used a lot of creative thinking and imagery to come up with all of his scientific theories, even the theory of relativity. He would imagine himself strapped to the front of a train going at the speed of light and wondering what would happen when he came up against um, a light beam traveling at the same speed as him. Would the, would the beam go off in the distance or would it just 
stop projecting because you're going the same speed. He, he explained to a lot of physicists his ideas through um, taking through imagery saying, imagine that you're on a train and we're going past this big cutting and two bolts of lighting strike at the same time, one at the front of the train and one at the back of the train. And he'd, he'd try and explain to them um, the theory of, of light and speed and relativity based on taking them through these um, you know, visualizations. And he famously said himself, imagination is more important than knowledge. So if we go back through Einstein stuff and then bring it forward into sporting arena, um, athletic visualization is just a massive part of mental skills training. And that's why I want to focus on it today. If you ever heard of the ultimate fighter challenge at UFC, Conor McGregor is one of the most decorated and um, you know one of the greatest fighters of all time. Now, he was huge into his visualization. In an interview with his coach that I listened to, his coach said he would visualize thousands of times before he had a fight. And he spoke specifically about um, UFC um, when Conor McGregor came onto the scene. And he said, so Conor McGregor, he said, while the other guys are training in a quiet gym, Conor McGregor is visualizing thousands of times walking out into a packed stadium, hearing the crowd. He could smell the arena. He would hear the cheers. He would feel the sweat coming off him from the warm-up. He could feel the, the weight of his, his gloves and his boots and, and feel, feel what he was wearing against his skin. And he would really build this visualization. And that's what his coach said. Connor would do it thousands and thousands of times. In this landmark um, fight for Connor. He knocked out the undefeated featherweight champion in 13 seconds. And the reason that his coach attributed it to was, was the practice, not just the visualization, but the accompaniment of the visualization with his physical training in this sequence that they put together that they were going to come out of the blocks with. And he just did this sequence over and over in the ring with his coach. And then he would visualize the same sequence over and over in his mind hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and that's the exact sequence that he stepped into the ring performed and knocked out and won the UFC featherweight championship in 13 seconds against the undefeated champion lots of different examples Michael Phelps the most decorated Olympian of all time with 28 Olympic medals um, said that he would visualize for up to two hours in one sitting and that's the depth that he took it through. Alex Honnold, who was the guy who did the free solo movie, you haven't seen it, where he, he climbed one of the most famous uh, walls in the world, El Capitan, and he said he would visualize every single hold. He would visualize everything going wrong on the wall, including falling off, and then he would put in steps to, to um, alleviate those, all those things happening. He said, I would do that over and over in my mind, almost like I felt like I was doing it all the time. So that's how big visualization is in the world. I'm pretty sure I've convinced you as well. It's also been a huge part of my life as well in my running and, and a big part of what I do with my mental skills work. So over to you. If you think that you can't visualize, let's do just a really quick exercise. Um, and all I want you to do, let's do it this way. I want you to imagine the last time that you patted a dog. And I wonder if you can just think about maybe the time and date and where that was in your mind. And it might sound something like, oh, yeah, I patted my friend's dog, um, Josie, um, 
and uh, she was a white Labrador, and I patted Josie last Sunday at lunchtime, right? So that's a, that's a logical way to say it. But if you actually imagine patting Josie, and that's when you go into your mind and imagine the Labrador come up to you with that big smile and the tongue hanging out the way that beautiful Labradors do, and then you can imagine maybe the sound of her panting and or maybe her feet on the paws on the ground, then then you can reach out and, and pat her and you can feel the softness of of her of her um fur. Maybe you give her a scratch behind the ear. Maybe she, you know, cuddles up to you in some way. And see how you can build the image through seeing the dog, then hearing, then feeling. And then maybe there's um words that you use. So you might, you know, say, are oh, you a beautiful girl or, or whatever you say to her. And then, you know, maybe even in, in your head, you, you might say something to yourself like, oh, she feels so good. I really like her. Or this is such a, you know, beautiful moment or something like that. There's self-talk. So we're looking for pictures, sounds, feelings, and self-talk to build the full image, just like Conor McGregor walking out onto the huge arena in front of thousands of people's and people in the audience and television cameras, the sounds, the smells, and all of that. You want to build all of that. So that's how you imagine. And once again, if you, have, if you want to do another one, imagine the last time you ate an apple. And you can logically say, yeah, I had an apple yesterday for lunch. Or you can actually imagine holding the apple in your hand and feeling the skin against your fingers, noticing what color the apple is, how big it is. Is, is the skin blemished in any way? Is there a little stalk coming out of the top or not? And then you can imagine biting into it. And do you hear the crunch? And do you feel it? Can you hear yourself chewing inside your head as you're chewing it? And maybe you say, yum, I love apples, or I'm only eating this because it's good for me, or something, some self-talk. But you can start to build, and this is how we start to build imagery into our world. Now, once again, we're doing this to counteract the imagery you may be using when you use statements such as, I'm not confident or I don't feel confident in this situation, right? So we can't go any further without acknowledging the work of Andrew Huberman and all of his research. He's got an excellent podcast on visualization. Um, And basically, we want to take, I'm just going to summarize a two-hour podcast for you. Um, He talks about keeping your visualization short between 5 and 15 seconds and doing them repeatedly over and over and over and over again, right? Now, it's kind of hard if you're an ultra marathon runner and you're doing a 100-mile race or a 200-mile race or a longer race, even a marathon, to try and visualize that whole thing in 5 to 15 seconds. So I suggest that you either do it in segments. So maybe you might do the first 10K or the first checkpoint and then the second one a different time. But he wants you to have to break it up. Personally, I haven't ever done that myself. I've always just sat down and imagined the whole race from start to finish. Uh, And I would just do that over and over again. And sometimes I would be sitting there, you know, for 20 minutes, half an hour, imagining uh, a Costa Kosciuszko race, for example, or a 100-mile race, um, and imagining all the things that happen and and, um, you know, imagining failure in there as in things going wrong and me overcoming them and all that 
kind of stuff, right? So just to, to Huberman's point, he's saying keep them short and keep them repetitive. So he, if you're doing your golf swing or if you're um, you know, doing your 10-pin bowling or your, um, something that's a short action like tennis serve, for example, those repeated things. And that's what the tennis players are actually doing when they do their little pre-serve ritual. They're using a visualization, something to bring them back to concentration and, um, and uh, performance. Right, let's get back to you. <laughs> what I want you to do for this exercise is I want you to imagine, uh, sorry, pick, pick, a, pick a goal uh, that you'd like to increase your confidence in. So maybe it is, again, something at work. Maybe it's a presentation. You don't like you know, your presentation uh, mindset. Or maybe it is in running. Maybe it's just speed. You, know, you want to be more confident doing speed work or running down hills or, or running on trails or running in groups. For example, pick something that you'd like to increase your confidence in. And all we're going to do very, very simply is start to visualize that skill or that task or that situation in the way that you want it to happen that would improve your confidence. So if, for example, you're going to pick um, a presentation or a public speaking gig and Maybe you're looking out in the audience and nobody's paying attention or maybe they're, you know, talking to each other or they seem bored or people are getting up and leaving, right? And that's, that's having an effect on your, your, your state. So you might feel, you know, like you're failing in some way and then you might say, I'm no good at this, right? That might be how you represent it. So we're going to imagine all the audience absolutely enthralled and captivated. You can see everybody's eyes. You look around, they're all looking at you, smiling and nodding and basically so engaged with what you're saying that it changes the internal representation you have to public speaking. Or maybe they're coming up to you after the presentation, shaking hands, saying, that was just absolutely fantastic. I, I learned so much from that. And, and you were such a relaxed speaker and I just really enjoyed the way that you... I've never heard that information presented that way. It was just really refreshing and, and it makes me feel like I can do it, right? And that's how you can change your visualization from the current one, which is showing yourself failure over and over again or the way that you don't want it, to shifting all of those little things that are happening in your imagination to the way that you do want it. Now, is this, um, am I saying that is going to, actually turn out exactly that all the people are going to be looking at you and all that they're going to be shaking your hand afterwards. I don't know. All I'm wanting to help you with is to increase your confidence. So the next time you go to give a presentation, you're not already um, uh, what's the word, sabotaging yourself by saying, no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to pay attention to me. I'm not a good speaker. Blah, 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 blah equals not confidence. If it's in running, and imagine you might be um, Running in a really crowded race, for example, like a city marathon or a city to surf or something like that, and previously um, you've been a bit freaked out by the crowds, then I want you to imagine you moving and running with the crowds like a rush, almost like you're in a flock of birds or you're with in a school of fish and you're all just connectedly running for the same direction instead of feeling like everybody's battling you. Um, and maybe that's the same as the swim at the start of a uh, triathlon. And start to imagine it the way that builds your confidence instead of the way that leaks your confidence. Because confidence is a skill 
that you can develop. And that's what this visualization is all about. You need to keep working with visualization. Michael Phelps didn't do it once and and Conor McGregor didn't just do it once. He did it thousands of times. And to Huberman's point as well, visualization does not replace training. You have to do the skill as well as visualize it as when, you, when you're not doing it in the rest time. All right, so just once again, you're going to pick a goal that you want to improve your confidence in, get really clear on, on how you currently represent it, and then you're going to change all those ways that you're seeing it to make it the way that you want it. And then you're going to do it over and over and over and over again until it starts to change the way that you feel. Now, if you can do this, you could do this whole visualization in about 10 seconds. And this is how you use it. It's when you've got those moments where you're waiting in line or where you've just got a few moments. Instead of looking down at your phone and, phone and doom scrolling or, or using it to, you know, check email or whatever. This is where I do it. You close your eyes and you imagine the thing that you're going for and the way that you want it. So to give you a solid concrete example, right now I'm doing that as I'm healing and coming back to running. I'm imagining how strong my body is and I'm imagining myself running again the way that I want to be with full confidence and full movement and form and posture and just feeling like I'm a more complete runner because of what I've been through in the last few months. And that's how I'm currently using it. So have fun with this. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this, it is maybe one of the reasons that you're not feeling confident is because of the way you're imagining the, the, the situation. And I'm telling you, you can change that imagination. It's your imagination. You can do whatever you want with it. And that's what mental training is about. You have a choice with how you view that situation. Don't let your past become your future by saying, ah, oh, this is what happened that time and that means it's going to happen again in the future. No, it doesn't. It happened like that in the past for you to learn from it. So now you can change those things that you don't like and go ahead and build a better future for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. I really enjoy putting this information out there. I just really hope that somewhere out there someone goes, wow, that was the thing that allowed me to break through and, and kind of unlock my potential and perform the way I wanted to. Looking forward to seeing the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something practical and useful out of this podcast or something inspiring to help you get out for your next run. If you have a question about Mindset for Runners or athletes in general, please email me at robmason.run at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anybody you know who could benefit from the information I share in this podcast, please share it with them. See you next time.